This week on Erotic Awakening, finding yourself in the kink community, comics, and kinky introverts. Welcome to Erotic... Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we suggest you stop listening right now. Patron supporters receive a free version of the audiobook, The Polyamory Toolkit, as well as ad-free early access to the podcast, free ebooks, exclusive chats, and other content. Cool. Check out all the options at eroticawakening.com. Thank you to all of our patron supporters. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. So I told Don right at the beginning of the podcast that we were going to do it a certain way, and I immediately did it a different way. Of course. That's why I'm like, are you sure? And you're like, yes. And I'm like, okay. How are you this and fine day? was it? How, me tired. We had a little spit of rain today. It kind of wiped me out. What do you got there in your hand? There, I you got yourself a little coffee. I got tea. No, this is tea. This is a cup that Bat got me. If you notice, it's got tentacles. And on the back, it says Dawn's Tea and Tentacles. <laughs> and I had tea. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, this week on the podcast, we are being joined by Girl Lily, who is going to talk about finding yourself in the kink community. And Girl Lily, if you'll go ahead and join us. And there you are. Well, Hello. thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to uh, talk about everything I know with you two. <laughs> well, we're not going to keep you that long to keep you, we'll keep you long enough to talk about this one thing. So you and I were chatting via email a little bit about this idea of finding yourself in the kink community. And, I'm, <laughs> and I was curious about your take on that. Lynn, let me start off by saying, what do you mean by finding yourself in the kink community? Yeah, I mean, for me, it started when I, way back when, when I first joined the kink community and started getting involved in the events, um, it was hard to feel sort of at home because I didn't see anything that resonated with me. Um, there were a lot of people that were more than happy to tell me, oh, you're not this, you're not that, you know, you don't fit in here. And then, you know, I didn't see anyone sort of like me or that, you know, I, I identify as a submissive. And so I didn't see anyone who was submissive like I was. Uh -huh. um, and so it just, it felt difficult to really just feel like, oh, is this somewhere I belong? Um, is this the place for me? Am I sort of the weirdo of the weirdos? Like, you know, that was um, sort of my start. And it wasn't really until I gained the confidence to kind of really just be able to tell everyone like, F you, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do. Um, that I did start feeling at home. And I think that's a very common thing. You know, you come into the the kink community or the kink lifestyle sort of feeling like an outsider. And then to continue to feel like an outsider in that community is tough. Yeah, absolutely. I know that there's a lot of intensity on as new people come in for, you know, one of the first questions we ask, oh, well, how do you identify? Are you submissive? Are you a top? Are you a bottom? Are you this? Are you that? And I think a lot of people might come into the community, not not only not knowing the language, but not knowing where they fit in. Yeah, definitely. And it takes a, a lot of interesting self-reflection and self-growth that, first of all, I think most people aren't used to doing that at all. And then there's this whole new set of identifiers that you're like, oh, how do I figure out if that's for me, you know, how do I figure out if I'm a top or a bottom or a sub or someone who's into service or leather? Uh, there's so many options and there's not 
really, you know, there's so many books and resources, but there's not really a guidebook of like, okay, take this quiz. If you answer these five questions, you know, then you're this, that, or the other. Uh, so it can be difficult to find something. And especially if, if there isn't somebody or a community that you immediately gravitate towards, um, you sort of sometimes could feel like you're just floating around and trying to find your your place. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people either like labels. Well, well you've got you've got different camps. Some people like labels. Some people like to find labels so they know who mm-hmm. the hell they are and they can resonate with it. And some people don't like labels at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, when we first got into kink, th- there was only a few labels and we were coming in right behind the time of if you're a dominant, you better never bottom. And if you're a switch, you better go out of town to do the switching. Right. Mm-hmm. This was like 20, 22 years ago. Well, now you've got FET with all these lists of labels. Right. And if you pick evolving or something like that, people <laughs> don't know what to do with you. Mm-hmm. But they don't know where to put you, right? I got kicked off of a submissive group because I didn't have submissive as my label. And I'm like, did you not read my profile? Because I had evolving because I'm switching up my my titles and I don't know what are my labels and I don't know what they are yet. So I know switches, and you said you're sub, but I know switches have felt out of place for a long time because... Mm-hmm. You know, they're told that they're just being greedy or, you know, whatever. They haven't defined themselves. Kind of like bisexual. You haven't chosen mm-hmm. a side and therefore you don't fit in. So Yeah, I mean, as a bisexual polyamorous woman, I get that a lot. Right. I, I told someone the other day, we were talking about totally unrelated pickles and olives. Most people tend to like one and hate the other. I'm like, I like both. I'm greedy. Just give me olives <laughs> and olives. I, I find that uh, even the, the label submissive is problematic, especially mm-hmm. if you're coming in and you and you say, OK, I think I'm a submissive. You'll find that other people will say, oh, well, you're submissive. Well, then you should be kneeling for me or mm-hmm. go get my drink or do this thing. Uh, if you are the dreaded, if you are a real submissive, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> what would you well, recommend to people in finding themselves in that um, when they're in that kind of a quandary where other people are trying to define what that means for you? Yeah, I mean, that was 100 percent my experience, you know, from day one. Um, you know, I was going in and saying, oh, I'm a submissive. And people were like, well, are you really, though? And, you know, so for a while I did let that define me and it was, well, okay, I'm not a submissive. I'm the bottom or I'm this or I'm that, or, you know, I'm just a kinkster. Um, and it wasn't until I did start learning more about what I like, taking classes, going to more community events, meeting more people. I think that was the biggest thing for me, just having a, a more vast array of people I've spoken to because then I did start finding people like me and I started finding other bratty subs and I started finding other people that were, I'm a brat and I'm in the high protocol community. And people are like, how did that work? And it's just, you know, you just being your authentic self, you don't need to fit into this box or that box. And sometimes if your first experience is, oh, hi, I'm this thing. And someone is saying, no, you're not. It is hard to have that, your own authority to say, oh, well, I know myself because especially if this person is respected in the community and they're telling you, oh, you're not a real submissive. 
Right. Well, they must know. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's, there's a lot of empowerment in saying, no, you know you. You know, who gives a crap about anyone else that, you know, just F them. Like, right. you know, and there's, there's a lot of, that was a great turning point in my life. And I love being able to talk to people and help them through that as well. And, and that's really, it's just knowledge. It's experience. It's, you know, gaining that understanding and confidence that I do know who I am. Um, and I think part of that is experimenting. You know, finding out what you don't want and what you don't like and who you're not, that is so important in finding who you are. Now, when you say experimenting, are you meaning things as simple as um, everybody should try bottoming for flogging to see if they dig it or not? Or everybody should try being a dominant or being a follower? Or what is that experimenting or, or looking the, like? Look or the like? experimenting, is it like, trying a high protocol dinner to see if you maybe lean high protocol or, you know, trying something like that. Yeah, I think for, for me, I sort of think of that experimentation that it doesn't have to be necessarily like that you are sort of bottoming for impact, but even just doing it as a thought experiment. Is this something that turns me on? Is this something I'm interested in? Is this something that makes me go, um, you know, those, those are all really good things. And that's sort of like mental experimentation a little bit. And that's part of, you know, reading books, listening to podcasts, talking to people on set, reading writings, reading writing. Yes, reading writings. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, yeah, there's, there's so much out there now. And, you know, back 15 years ago, um, there wasn't really as much, you know, FET was sort of a little bit newer, but there weren't as many books, there weren't podcasts, there weren't as many groups and conferences and all these amazing things that we have accessibility now to, especially with the virtual world. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. there's like, I feel like there's a con every month. It's amazing. Um, but so it's just going out there, I think, and just getting getting all that sort of like sucking it in um, and and giving sort of people that are newer to the community First of all, as people not newer to the community, I think it's up to us to let those newer people experience those things. And for us to not try to push our judgments on, you know, either what I would do or what I think they should do or um, who I think they are. You know, we all I have my idea of who I am as a bratty, submissive and a high protocol dynamic. That doesn't mean that another bratty, submissive and a high protocol dynamic is going to be the same as me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if someone comes up to me and says, oh, hi, I'm a bratty, submissive, man, you know, high protocol dynamic, uh, it is important for me to understand, well, what does that look like for you? Right. So and to realize that, I mean, we need to get the message out there that people change. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, once you've figured out who you are, don't let people lock you in a box. Right. right? You don't have to always be that person. We all change. I mean, I, I've seen people go from slave to mistress, right? Mm -hmm. Or vice versa. And, you know, I, I, the person that I remember doing this, I kind of looked at her cross-eyed for a minute. And then I'm like, no, nah, that kind of makes sense. I can see that, right? <laughs> Let people evolve. Don't, mm -hmm. don't box them in. And yeah, that's, that's kind of for me too, because I do tend to box people in. So if I were to elect you, as the official greeter and determiner at some event, Ooh. right? 
So if I came into the community and that's your role, for whatever reason, they, they, we've put you in charge of helping people self-identify. What would you recommend for me to, to begin that journey? All I know so far is I walk into this, this leather bar or this kink event and I say, well, this, this feels like the kind of thing that I want to be into. Yeah, I, I think for me, it kind of started with thinking about what do I like? What do I like to do? What don't I like to do? And sort of going through this this list, I'm a big list maker, but you know, even just sort of a mental idea of, okay, where are my strengths? Where do I want to learn and where do I want to grow? Um, you know, what are things that I want to do? And I, I I do those things still to this day all the time that I'm like, hey, you know, I want to learn more about tea service or I want to learn more about boot blacking, you know, all, all of these things that I feel like every time you sort of learn something about yourself, there's something new to uncover. Um, but even just thinking about, even from a non-kinky standpoint, you know, what are some things that I love? I love making lists. I love organization. And that's not even a kink thing. That's just sort of who I am. Um, and so sort of thinking about yourself as this, you know, new kinkster coming up to me and at this event, that would probably, that would be my first go-to question is just, what do you like just in general? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you really like, I've, oh my gosh, it, if it were me, someone asking me that question, I would probably tell them about, well, when I was in kindergarten and when we would play house, I always wanted to be the family pet. I never wanted to be one of the people. And now <laughs> I look back at that. I'm like, of course. <laughs> I, I also add in there, um, you know, when we talk about this, because a lot of our activities are sexual in nature is what, what do you masturbate to? You know, when the lights are off and you're in your mind by yourself and there's no mm -hmm. judgment, you know, what is it that gets you hard and wet? Um, and our lifestyle is kind of an opportunity for most consensual things to express that, you know, if you find yourself, oh, it, you know, what you jerk off to is uh, wearing um a gimp suit because you just watched pulp fiction then maybe that's what you know maybe that's something you should explore and like you said i love the idea of experimenting right mm -hmm. um i find myself i identify one of my identities i identify as a top but i find myself bottoming every seven or eight years just to see <laughs> what happens now i haven't taken it to the point of bottoming for cbt I don't need to know. I don't want to know what happens there, but you know, I'll take a flogging or be bottoming for some um, sensual BDSM scene and just mm -hmm. see. Oh, yeah, maybe this is my thing now. No, nope. Still hate it. Still hate it. <laughs> every once in a while, it's just fun to try something new. Mm -hmm. You know, even if it's just every once in a while, just you know, this is my once in every five years, and I just kind of want to do this thing today, mm -hmm. and and that's. You know, giving yourself that freedom to, that's part of that being your authentic self is that, yeah, okay, maybe I'm a dom or a top that every once in a while, I just like to be spanked, you know, and, and you don't have to think about, oh, does this change my label? Does this mean I'm someone different? It's just part of being you mm -hmm. and empowering yourself to say, whatever I want to do, whoever I want to be, if I feel comfortable as me, that's really the most important thing. And, you know, 
whatever labels you want to use and you feel that fit for you um, based on that, there is no checklist. No one's checking, you know, no one's, no one's checking your membership card of, of your Dom card or your sub card or, you know, switch card. Um, so you can do whatever you want. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, that is true. So, but the, the whole labels changing, I've just got this thing in my head. It's like my label used to be pain slut. Now I'm older and I can't take the pain like I used to anymore. So I don't get to wear that label. That's frustrating. So, and then what, what is the feet striking? Bastinato. Bastinato. Man, that's always been a red of mine. I never had an interest in, in uh, being caned, the bottom of my feet being caned. One of the first scenes I saw was someone having their feet caned and I swore I'd never do it. We're teaching a spanking class and someone in the audience is like, well, what if you spank her feet? And Dan, without even thinking, we were in teaching mode. He reaches down and he spanks the bottom of my feet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that works. So, you know, so, yeah, it's mm -hmm. more in trying new things because what you can do or what you like can very well change over time. Now, we'll, we'll put you back in, in your role. Oh, yeah. Sitting at role. the desk. Sorry, sorry. Um, in charge. Very official. Of, yes, in charge of my official finger. <laughs> what do you say about the the. Uh, let's say a, a male person comes in and it's his first event and you could see it's his first event and um, perhaps he's 20 years old, right? It's a, an event that allows younger people. And he says, well, my name is um, Master Dragon Cock. And I will, you'll refer to me as Master because I identify as Master. What, would, what advice or how would you respond to that? I, I mean, you know, in the high protocol community too, you do get some of that where that's, that's part of those events. Um, so I'm sort of of like two schools of thought and, and part of it is like, well, it depends. Um, yeah, but there's a, there's a fine line between sort of, you know, respecting someone's identity and also too, I mean, having respect for your own identity, because I don't think there's anything wrong with, um, you know, someone saying, oh, well, Hello, Master Dragoncock. Um, I am in a position where I would prefer to not refer to you as master. And if there is something else I can refer to you as, I would very much appreciate it. Um, that you do need some level of confidence and comfortability to assert that asserting boundaries is that aspect of it. Um, and I, I know, you know, sort of to segue into something else, I know that there's sort of a lot of schools of thought of, oh, these 20-year-old masters are not real masters. Um, you know, so, I mean, it goes on both sides. Oh, you're not mm -hmm. a true sub. You're not a true master. You're not a real whatever you are. Um, sometimes, you know, people of all walks of life, no matter what side of the slash, they all have to go through their own learning experiences and learn who they are. And, you know, if this 20-year-old wants to be a master, I think that's great. And part of that is also understanding where your mastery sort of end you know it's like that kind of adage of you know oh your right to punch me in the face ends at my nose well your right to be a master ends at my personal space unless we decide otherwise mm -hmm. and that's part of just learning the ins and outs of how the community kind of works too uh, which is probably how i would <laughs> gear that specific situation but yeah, you know, there, there is a lot of empowerment, I think, that needs to be done for both sides of the slash. 
that, you know, if you're young, you could still be a master. You could mm-hmm. still be a perfectly wonderful dom. Um, and, you know, that can look like anyone. It can look like anything. But you still need to be respectful of other people and their boundaries as well. Seems totally reasonable to me. Mm-hmm. Have you ever found the idea of labels, and not at the beginning, but say in the last five years or so, that labels are just cumbersome? That it's actually limiting. I I do feel that way. And I I struggle sometimes because there is, I think, an amount of privilege in it where I have labels that feel very comfortable to me. You know, woman, submissive. Um, and so it's I feel like in in some ways it's easy for me to say, oh, labels don't matter. Cause like who cares? But for the people that are struggling to find a label and thinking to themselves, well, oh, nothing feels like it fits. You know, none of these labels feel like me. They sometimes do want that label. And I think that's also a beautiful process of finding the labels that work for you. And sometimes I've seen people just make up their own labels. Oh, I'm going to identify as this. Wonderful. You know, that's great. You know, there's probably other people looking for that exact same label. Um, But I, I definitely do see that sometimes it's like, you know, who cares? You know, call me whatever you want. I know who I am. I don't need you to use a word to reference me one way or the other, you know, because it's not going to change who I am at the end of the day. Um, And I I think that you can have both simultaneously where people do feel empowered by labels and having the label that feels good to them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can also have sort of like, well, labels also don't matter. You know, it's it's something that's nice if it feels nice to you. And if it doesn't feel good to you, don't use one or, you know, don't worry about it. It's you don't have to get so wrapped up in, oh, I have to find a label that fits. Because if that sort of takes the fun out of it and if it ends up being just work to right. find this label and to find where I sit and to find, you know, my honorific or whatever, um, the whole point is to have fun. You know, if it's not mm-hmm. fun anymore, just don't do it. Makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. <laughs> if uh, my understanding is you teach classes around this and other topics. I do. Yes. Um, most of my classes focus on sort of understanding yourself uh, as an individual, as a kinkster, and also a bit of service, service dynamics, uh, basically all the fun stuff that I just love talking about. Fantastic. And I think that would be a nice change of pace for uh, between the flogging and the spanking class, they have something <laughs> like a self-reflection kind of class. If people want to find you or get a hold of you, how do they find a girl Lily? They can find me on FetLife uh, as Lily Beast. So I am on there wherever your fine FetLife people are found. Fair enough. Awesome. Thank you very much. Hang out uncomfortably with us for a moment as we wrap this up. Dawn, what does Montana, Detroit, Toronto and a couple other places like Phoenix that I can't remember have in common. Phoenix and Pennsylvania, maybe. Um, these are all places that we're going to be presenting at in 2023. So keep up with all our events, book news, and discounts and more via the Erotic Awakening newsletter. Letter, letter, later, later letter. <laughs> and even better than all that is to get your cool EA shout out like 
Like who? Like Amy in New Hampshire. And Daddy Steve from Ohio. So head over to eroticawakening.com and sign up today. You don't think that's Steve from Ohio that we know. One of the original oh, chords Oh, one of the people. original chords people. I don't think so. I don't think he uses that honorific. Nor do I think he cares about the internet. Not anymore. No, he kind of designed his own pod and they kind of do their own thing. They did so, indeed. Indeed. I do know they're still around though. So, um, so other things as, yeah, things, people. And I just posted the FET tonight about NRE. We should talk about that sometime on the podcast. So I, I'm doing this new note-taking system. So I'm finding all my old notes. And I found this thing that I wrote about new relationship energy and how I'm weird because someone just winks at you and you've fallen in love and you're Twitter-pated and you, you, you feel all kinds of new relationship energy. Sure. Whereas me, I got to know him for five weeks and have gone on five dates and had deep conversation and realized, yes, we do have something in common. And then I start to feel Twitter pated. So, and I find I'm not alone. I've got other people speaking up. So anyway, just put you, that out there on set. Do you feel the new relationship energy? Uh, Girl Lily, you mentioned that you're a poly person. Are, are you, <laughs> do you easily fall into that NRE? I do sometimes. Um, I, I tend to use the label uh, relationship anarchist, which okay. really just focuses on all types of relationships, not just romantic or sexual relationships, which is interesting because it's almost like you get NRE for friendships, too. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I am in like NRE world forever. <laughs> I, and sometimes I wish I could. I have felt NRE for the first guy I fell for in high school that my cousin set me up with. And then I felt, I have felt NRE for you, Dan, Aww. 15 years after we were friends, right? So it was 15 years <laughs> after knowing him when our relationship started to change. So, it, oh, it's so confusing. So recently we were guests on the, another podcast uh, we after having a interesting conversation. Um, about the Kingstarter cards. About the Kingstarter cards. cards. We were recently on a podcast, which we really relate to, is the Kinky Introvert podcast. That we absolutely identify as introverts <laughs> and, and kinky, so that worked out well for us. Apparently, there's an episode about them ranting about us that we didn't have the opportunity to listen to before we were actually on their show. So maybe we'll go back and listen to that. But at this point, why bother? Indeed. <laughs> so, but, well, I'll be advertising. Um, they're going to send us a deck of their cards. We're sending them a deck of Kingstarter cards. And then we're going to review the cards on um, each other's shows. So if you guys, if anybody's on our social media or the newsletter, I will probably put all that information out there. And if podcast listeners, you're not tired of hearing us, you can hear us more over at kinkyintrovert.com on their latest episode. Awesome. So let's see. Other random stuff to make sure to mention. So we are a couple of weeks before the holidays. I just want to throw it out there that the books are still on sale on eroticawakening.com. And the Kindle versions will be going on sale soon. So over the next couple of days. And the Polyamory Toolkit audiobook is out on Audible. I don't know if you know this girl, Lily, but recently the National Association of Polyamory People voted Kickstarter cards as the best stocking stuffer for <laughs> metamors in 2024. 2024? Yeah, I might have made all that shit up. Regardless, <laughs> go buy some Kickstarter cards, stick them in everybody's stockings, and you'll have a really fun Christmas. And they can only be found on eroticawakening.com. Oh, and Etsy. But you might as well go to eroticawakening.com because I have to mail them out regardless. Either way, it platform. works the same. It works the same. 
So um, also what we like to throw on here, as everybody knows, is the tentacles. And, and um, we, we have a few. So Enigma has been busy on our Discord channel and has sent me all kinds of naughty tentacles and, and the sex. It's tentacle monsters. It's not like it's oct octopi, <laughs> usually. I mean, that's also a sort of a monster, depending it, on how big it is, I guess. Yes, yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, though, I did get people start to send me, like, werewolves and vampires and other monsters. Oh, my. Who's that, who's that uh, person you like to read? The porn writer who oh, has a lot of monsters it's not in it. porn, it's sorry. erotica. Sorry, sorry. So, it's parent, uh, uh, she does alien erotica, and I'm actually on her TikTok now. No. So it's a it's a van I think oh, Evangeline Evangeline Anderson I believe is her name as she writes the Kindred series and it's very much got uh, a DS in it and some of it's kink and some of it's doubles and mm, okay I'm gonna have to go and she has audiobooks so I'm gonna have to go listen again but no I I'm love taking that. notes as you're yes, talking about yes I, I I love paranormal erotica and which i'm listening to right now and alien erotica and and anything with tentacles and then bastanos on discord sent me some pics of what different tentacles look like oh yeah. it's like four sheets of of, of all what, these different all these different types of tentacles so we we may have to do a show of what each one of those would be good for that would be a long show. Second, that, that was, was a lot really, of tentacles. It was a lot of tentacles, but I can sum it up really fast. Grabbing, sucking, and fucking. Those are the three types Those of tentacles? Those are the three types of, yeah, they can all do it. <laughs> that'll, that'll be, our next book will probably be the three types of tentacles. <laughs> um, and then on our Instagram, so I've been putting a lot more out on our social media again. And I think it's the most recent Instagram, did it come out yesterday or today, was on your favorite naughty comic book. And my favorite one is from a long time ago, and it's Beauty and the Beast. And Johnny Jackhammer heard that and sent me a copy of it. So I did keep that. It's in storage. I, I wish it was here in the RV with me, but it is in storage with some of my other stuff. And um, so other people have been sharing their favorites on instagram and there, discord there are some very naughty comic books out there mm -hmm. i yeah i can't watch beauty and the beast we went <laughs> we were at disney world and we went to go watch it on stage right just beauty and the beast at disney and i'm like oh i can't watch this i i know how my comic book goes i can't watch it <laughs> so but that was fun you're sitting there like when did your clothes come off <laughs> right <laughs> Well, someone else sent us a picture of, um, I can't think of his name. He's the candelabra dude. Mm. And it, so beauty is tied to the table and the candelabra dude is dripping wax on our nipples. I, I don't recall that part. I don't recall that part. That's hot. Let's, anyway, take, take a, a moment bit. to support the podcast. Rate us on that podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or just tell your friends. Feel free to reach out to us. We love interacting with you. Contact us with questions, podcast comments, or just to say hi. You can find us on Fed Life as Dan and Dawn. We're our Erotic Awakening on Instagram. Or use the links on the Erotic Awakening website, Facebook, and Discord. Or just email us at Dawn at gmail.com. Bye, Dawn. Bye, Bye. Bye.